Hi there, it's Tim. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of Blind Like Me. Just before we get to this week's show, just a reminder to give us five stars or a thumbs up wherever you find your podcast so other people can experience Blind Like Me. This week, we meet up with Sarah and Jermaine from Charlotte, North Carolina. They both are working with the blind and visually impaired to make sure they have a better life. We'll find out about their story next on Blind Like Me. This is Blind Like Me. Hello, everyone. Interviews, information, and reviews related to living with a vision disability. Your host is Tim Black. Tim has been visually impaired since birth. He's been in radio for 30 years and also hosts the podcast Inside Today's Country. Tim has never let his lack of vision stand in his way. Here we go with another edition of Blind Like Me. It's uh, all the way down to the United States of America. Again, as uh, we like to hang out uh, with our folks and our friends down in the U.S., we seem to be meeting quite a few people down there. Uh, this time, we have teamed up with a or uh, connected with a husband and wife team who are helping the visually impaired and those who have started to lose their sight, uh, you know, cope with life skills and so forth. And we welcome Sarah and Jermaine to the podcast. Welcome, you two. Thank you. Let's find out a little bit before we get into um, what you guys do and, and how you help other people out. Uh, as people who do help people with vision loss and so forth and life skills, what's the uh, biggest challenge you've had with the uh, COVID-19 pandemic and teaching people? Ooh. Uh, well, everything right now is virtual. So just figuring out the best learning platforms for our clients. Sometimes the people that are more low tech would just want a phone call. Um, there's a lot of check-ins, making sure people aren't too isolated. Um, we actually have a transportation service. Um, so if people need essentials, we're, we're having our drivers run out and get them things, which is nice. That's not offered in most places, but um, during COVID, I would just say the loneliness, the isolation, and then just the learning to use digital platforms to get you know, the instruction across. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be kind of the, the the same thing for, I mean, not even people who don't have visual loss. Uh, everybody seems to be kind of dealing with the whole, you know, isolation thing. And But more so a challenge for those who, I mean, like myself and probably like yourselves, it's harder to get out there and go to the grocery store or, you know, just go to the mall and wander around. Um, you know, it's yeah. just become a challenge for everyone. Yes, Jermaine, how do you uh, feel yourself uh, during, how are things working for you during this uh, pandemic? Well, you know, there's been some advantages and some disadvantages. Uh, So I cover uh, six counties in the state of North Carolina. And so I've had a bit of an advantage in a way because um, we typically take a lot of time driving to to different areas, Um, whereas now, I've been able to uh, collect a variety of uh, clients from different counties and have them all be able to join my classes Mm -hmm. um, because we're not restricted by the time and the travel. Um, And then another thing is, is that, uh, you know, similar to how we're able to chat from uh, Canada and the U S I've been able to have special speakers come from, um, you know, all across the U.S., Canada, and, and so forth. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's been uh, advantages and disadvantages, I would say. Awesome. Sarah, let's talk a little bit about the organization uh, that you guys work for and tell me a little bit about your background as well. 
Um, well, I will just say that I lost my vision to type one diabetes when I was 22 years old. Um, it was basically overnight. I seriously missed one uh, dilated retina exam. Wow. <laughs> um, I seriously missed, missed one um, just because I was young and dumb and, and free spirited. And I'm still that way in some sense. But um, I woke up and basically my vision was super blurry, couldn't drive or anything. So mm -hmm. I didn't know where to turn. Um, I got some good information from people that would come out and kind of help me show me how to use a computer again, maybe go back to school, um, learn to cook. Uh, I mean, I knew how to cook, but I was kind of afraid of burning myself and knowing when my meats were done and so forth. So, um, that really is what kind of changed my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I went through some training. I went to a center-based program for a couple of weeks, uh, back in Michigan, and I just met a lot of great people that were supportive. Um, and I, I kind of said to myself, you know, one day at a time, but once I get through all my education, um, I would like to do this. And that's really what planted the seed. So I, I got my bachelor's and then I kept going forward, honestly, one day at a time, because sometimes it was just so overwhelming. Um, and just really, I felt really defeated some days, but just putting out one foot in front of the other, got my master's, then got the certification. And so now I do what was so uh, beneficial to me uh, when I lost my sight. And for that reason, I just, I love my job. Um, like I said, I work for a nonprofit. I work as part of a multidisciplinary team. Um, so if somebody calls and says, you know, I want some cane training, some, some O&M instruction, um, that's not something that I would be able to provide. I'm not certified in that. So I do more of the, the living skills, the adjustment, uh, and then the technology stuff. And I really just, I know, I know that vision loss can be just so devastating and traumatic. Mm -hmm. um, and so in that sense, I feel really proud. Um, and I feel like it's beneficial that I am also blind um, as the certified vision rehab therapist, because I know not exactly what people are going through because we all have different experiences, but I can really hone in on that experience because I've, I've walked the walk as well. Right. Let's talk about uh, walking. Speaking of walking the walk, let's talk about that when you walk in and uh, you meet somebody for the first time. What, what are the kind of the first things that you deal with? Yeah, so that's interesting. So I, I try to do assessments over the phone first. Um, I have found, I've worked uh, at MAB, which is Metroline Association for the Blind. I've worked here for six years. Um, I had to move from Michigan. I had to kind of choose courage over comfort. Mm -hmm. um, I came here all by myself. My husband followed seven weeks later, but he was working and he couldn't just leave his job. Um, no family, you know, just kind of made it work, figured it out, uh, figured out the city. Um, and... You know, when I meet new people, I, I always let them know, like, hey, I'm visually impaired, too. I will have a driver with me. Uh, that sometimes can be a challenge. I have two wonderful volunteer drivers um, that assist me. Mm -hmm. um, and we, you know, it's not just my schedule and the client's schedule. It's also my driver's schedule. So it's a lot to juggle and manage. But um, I think just telling people when I call them, I'm going to come out and we can meet your goals, whatever they may be. Um, a lot of times when I tell people that I am also legally blind, some people say, well, how are you going to teach me to do this? Or how are you going to do this? 
sometimes there's a lot of doubt, um, but then sometimes it's, it's instant kind of bond. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, if you can do this, I can do this, you mm-hmm. know? So mm-hmm. it's really a mixed bag. I, like I said, I love my job because every day is different. Um, there are no two people that are the same in this process. What's well, been one of the challenges and one of the successes that you've seen in your career? One, I would say one of the challenges, um, you know, it's hard being away from family, um, I, especially in this pandemic. We, I really would love to just take a, a flight home. Um, and so the challenge for me has been not having family nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, it's, it's taken six years to kind of juggle things. The driving situation was tough at first, being an itinerant teacher. Um, I think my program prepared me for that a little bit. Um, so I was ready. I knew that, you know, if, if I maybe if I worked at a center-based program, it would be easier because I wouldn't have to drive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found, you know, I, I did my internship with the, with the VA, which is on the federal level. Uh, my husband and I had both contracted for the state of Michigan. Um, so I've kind of done all levels and then now I'm at nonprofit. Um, there's pros and cons to each one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just kind of figuring out, engaging what works best for me. Um, I really like working at, you know, the nonprofit. I get to do a lot of outreach. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of, um, events that I attend and participate in. Uh, I've made different videos and things for the agency. So, um, you know, that's how I advocate for myself and, and others. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, technology aspect of your world, because uh, when we were connecting uh, here uh, via Zoom, you guys are obviously using JAWS to connect because I could hear it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I mean, that's one of those programs that, uh, you know, has been around for many, many years. Still very, very expensive for the average person to get into. And that's something that we're going to kind of talk a little bit about is the accessibility, uh, you know, options and technologies are still very, very expensive. And at least here in Canada, I know they are. And I know it's a bit of a challenge for, for folks to be able to, you know, get in connection with some of these aids. Where are you seeing and how are you feeling about these things? I originally started school with a, a master's in, in computers uh, before going on to get my master's in vision rehabilitation therapy. And, you know, I think that's been a great advantage Um in terms of having the computer background and then also having the, the rehab uh, knowledge and experience um, and then having the, the vision impairment myself. Um, I think it's been a tremendous aid to me. Um, I've been able to uh, help some of my coworkers in terms of uh, adapting to the changes we're going through now in terms of remote uh, instruction and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then clients as well. Like I, I use a lot of technology with, um, instruction for my clients and, uh, you know, like, like you said, it's, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm happy with a lot of stuff that's going on as far as, uh, the free stuff that's, that's coming along, you know, windows narrator, um, not quite jaws, uh, mm-hmm. NBDA, not quite jaws, but it's a, it's a nice, a free alternative and um of course with jaws and you know them offering the the annual license is another um another bonus uh, uh to make it a little bit a little bit more uh, accessible um money wise okay that's something i didn't know about so is it now a 
is it now a, a yearly kind of subscription or how's that work? Yeah. So you can, you can actually get a, a annual license for, uh, it's somewhere around 90 or $80. I'm pretty sure it's under a hundred dollars. So, Oh, wow. That's better um, than having to fork out the three or $4,000 then. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's, a, a, that's, a, that's amazing. I didn't even know about that. And that's something we'll, uh, certainly put in the show notes that that's, that's available now. Cause I mean, you know, when somebody loses their eyesight, uh, and I've known several people who use JAWS as a program or, uh, NVDA, the other one that people use, uh, you know, that has always been the big caveat is the fact that, yeah, it's, it's super expensive to get into. I mean, I don't use them myself. Uh, but as I say, uh, you know, I know people like yourselves who use it and that's a big, that's a big jump to, to all of a sudden have to, you know, to fork out that much money. Well, and I'll just jump in and say that, you know, that's where part of the advocating comes in for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, here in the States, um, you know, I took advantage of the Voc Rehab program um, for them to actually pay for my college and pay for a JAWS license so that I could learn it and actually practice it at home. Mm -hmm. You know, what's the sense of learning it in a center-based program if you go home and you don't have anything to use to continue to practice with? Right. JAWS is not a simple program to learn with thousands of commands and things. Um, and then, you know, as I came to my job, I had, you know, I had to ask, well, hey, uh, are you going to provide this for me? Um, and they did, which is great. Um, and so that's that's how I'm able to jump around and put my case notes in and things like that, because, you know, they have paid for a license on my work laptop. Right. That's fantastic. What other pieces of technology are you guys both using? Let's talk a little bit about that. Either one of you. We're big iPhone users. Nothing <laughs> against Android people. Um, you know, I've, I've said that to, uh, I've asked that question to many, many people, and I, I still swear the blind and visually impaired people would be great spokespeople for Apple. I, I know. I'd love a cut. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I go out and demonstrate things, you know, I, I Apple did it first. And in my opinion, they do it just, they were always from the start um, really up and, and ready to help. So, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, something that's accessible right out of the box, you can't, you just can't go wrong with it. So, right. yeah, we're big iPhone users for sure. Uh, and, go ahead, Jermaine. Well, and you mentioned, um, you know, one of the barriers being cost, but uh, training is, is a huge one. And, um, you know, some of the students that you may encounter may, may not have much experience with, um, assistive technology mm -hmm. and if you're going to college and you're, you're already behind on assistive technology it's a, it's a huge thing and so that's one of the things that I've been doing is, is kind of volunteering um, teaching some of the assistive technologies mm -hmm. and again because I teach so much of it I you know like she said we use the iOS devices Apple um, we do have an Android tablet um, the smart speakers mm -hmm. Um, we have Google and, uh, the one from Amazon. <laughs> Alexa. Yes. <laughs> Mine will probably turn on now that I said her name, yeah. but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, I've got both of them sitting in my office here. <laughs> and then, you know, and then, then we have a Mac and, um, a PC and, you know, that's another benefit of, uh, you know, the Android, the iOS devices, the Mac is that you know, a lot of the assistive technology is, is built in already. So it's not an additional, not an additional cost. Yeah. And actually that's, yeah, you make a very good point, Jermaine. I mean, that was one of the reasons that I personally switched over to Mac. I have, you know, two of them sitting in front of me right now. 
awesome. and that and that's one of the reasons that uh, you know when when researching it was like, well, if I ever need uh, you know the assistive technology, that it's built right into the system, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's an app that you would recommend, either one of you? I love seeing AI. I use it. it you know, it's a free app. Mm-hmm. Um, there's multiple channels on there, so I can use it to um, identify money or instructions on cooking or mail or you know check my the color of my shirt. Yada yada yada. So right. that that's one of my favorites. Yeah, um, seeing AI is sort of the go-to now. Um, <clears throat> Be my eyes is, is another. Uh, another good one that I like that's free. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there, it's not quite an app, but we use the Echo Show a lot. And um, it has a feature where it will uh, kind of be able to describe what item you're holding. So if you if, if you can't see if it's a can of chili or uh, a can of beans, you know, it'll, it'll try to tell you by showing the camera, it'll try to tell you what, identify what you're holding. And that is the, I'm sorry, and I missed that again. It's the Echo what? The Echo Show. Okay. And it's not an app, you say, or is it, what is it? It's a skill. I, I think it's called Show and Tell, if okay. you enable Show and Tell. Uh, that is uh, the uh, one of the Amazon okay. uh, camera devices. Oh, okay, cool. I've never heard of that. That's kind of cool. Yes. Yeah, it, it, I mean, technology has changed so much, and it continues to evolve all the time. Uh, I agree with both of you on the uh, Be My Eyes and Seeing AI. Those are those are two apps that I, I highly recommend for, for people all the time when we're talking to this one. What do you guys find, uh, especially where you are and in the fields that you guys are both working in, um, something that we cross a lot on this platform is the amount of visually impaired and blind people who are unemployed. How are we fixing that in your world? I mean, that's a, that's a great question. Um, as a nonprofit, we typically try to leave it up to the state, um, the voc rehab services, um, the certified rehab counselors to kind of do more of the vocational stuff. Um, but with that said, you know, I am essentially preparing people that are losing their vision uh, mm-hmm. for going back to work if, if that's a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not necessarily placing them in a job per se, but I'm, I'm giving them the skills to advocate to, you know, pick out their clothing, to, you know, learn to use technology. And so, um, I mean, we know, I don't want to give incorrect statistics, but uh, at one point it was close to almost 80% of unemployed people uh, that were blind or visually impaired. Mm -hmm. I can say even though, you know, even we focus a lot on unemployment, but the other thing is underemployment, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, People are in positions and maybe not getting promoted or are being paid less. Um, just because of a disability and and that's wrong on, you know, so many levels. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, there's actually a place here in Charlotte and they didn't have anything like this in Michigan six years ago. I, I, I'm still not familiar with anything, but um, there's a place here and they basically do a lot of like factory work. They contract with the military. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they do uh, here in Charlotte employ almost 200 people um, that are visually impaired really Uh, yes they do and you know a lot of people kind of turn their nose up to it and say i i never want to work there but it's a job right and i think the the cool thing that they do there is they watch your social security so that you know because it's a very fine line i can talk about this for days you know it doesn't make sense to really go get a job and lose all of your benefits for five dollars over so you have to meet that threshold you have got to stay under 
uh, what they what Social Security considers, you know, too much money. Okay. Um, it, you know, and so it's a really fine line. Um, uh, but I think, you know, I, I think you have to just really want to, you know, uh, go to work. Um, I think you have to put your thick skin on, right? Some of us ride two hours on a bus, um, back and forth. I mm-hmm. mean, there is a lot of factors that go into working, mm-hmm. um, you know, and let's face it, some people with disabilities, you know, don't have the stamina, maybe, mm-hmm. or are older or have diabetes. I mean, there's an array of reasons why people either yeah. are working or aren't working. Mm-hmm. Is it something that the sighted community really needs to get? I mean, we've talked about this before, but it is something that the sighted community need, really needs to get over that hurdle, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I hear you laughing a little bit about that. <laughs> I mean, so so me and Jermaine work forty hour weeks, right? But it it's not a forty hour week, right. Um, because right when we go out, you know, I carry a cane, Jermaine does not. But it's constantly educating people, asking questions, and and I'm not, you know, I don't get offended. I'm not upset by that, but it's it's constantly educating, and you know, it's it's this thing of being, you know assertive, but without being aggressive, mm-hmm. you know, and we've all had the people in the restaurants that talk to whoever you're with instead of you, or, you know, kind of talk slower or louder. And, you know, those things are, we all have, we could all write a book on those types of things, but sure. yeah, a lot of education uh, is needed to the public because they just, a lot of people just really do not understand. And isn't it wild to think that people don't understand? Here we are going into 2021, and we're still having to educate people about that. It's crazy. I, I was at a bar a couple of years ago, and I, you know, went outside and I stepped back in. You know, I'm using my cane, and a guy came over and said, "Hey, why are you using a pool stick to walk around?" <laughs> I mean, no joke. And you know, I was lucky I had a couple of drinks in me, but I, you know, I just said, "Well, I'm blind." And no, you're not. You, you don't look blind, right? We've all gotten that. And it's like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When somebody comes, when you meet a client, and this is something we talked about earlier, but when you meet a client for the first time, you go through all the process of, of what you're going to do with that person, be it be, uh, you know, helping them uh, advocate for themselves, get their wardrobe in order, uh, they're, you know, teaching them how to cook properly and so forth in the house. What are your final thoughts with a person before you, you know, kind of let them loose in the world? For me, it's just basically let's outline your goals. Let's talk about what you want to feel a little bit more confident doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, once we kind of meet those, a lot of times people, you see the confidence rise. Uh, sometimes it's a slow process. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's a quick process. Mm-hmm. But you see that. You see the change in people and their independence, um, you know, week by week. And so a lot of times people will meet their goals and say, well, you know what? In the beginning, I said I didn't want to do this. There's no way I could do this. But now I really want to try this. Mm-hmm. And so it's a progression from, say, you know, spreading peanut butter on a, on a piece of bread all right. the way to cooking, you know, a, a pot roast in mm-hmm. the oven, you know, for your wife when she comes home. And I'm so um, excited that you're you're <laughs> teaching people to do that because there's people that I've talked to over the years and and uh, it, it, it fills me with excitement that you're teaching somebody how to cook a pot roast because at one point, one of the only things that blind people were supposed to be able to cook was like frozen pizzas in the oven or in the microwave. <laughs> so I'm really, yes. I'm really glad that we've progressed to pot roast. It's absolutely. <laughs> and it's, it's, not, it's life skills, right? right? It doesn't matter the age, but 
I mean, you know, taking care of your money, mm-hmm. uh, you know, making decisions, uh, you know, as far as what you want to wear today, you know, uh, and this is a whole nother topic, but sometimes family can be a little bit overbearing, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes they just want to kind of take over and say, well, hey, I picked your clothes out. Hey, that's a nice gesture. But, you know, if you continue to do that year after year after year, you, you know, you may eventually not be able to do that on your own. So it's kind of just helping people find the balance, you know, with when you kind of ask your family for help. And when you say, hey, I got this back off, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to do this. It might take me a little longer. Mm -hmm. I might fail a couple of times, but, you know. Give me some independence here. And I think that's something, too, that the the sighted world has to realize, especially when going back to the employment thing, is it might take the visually impaired or blind person a little bit longer to do it. And I know I have said it to many employers, you know, several times, is uh, I might be able to not see it the first time. And I, you know, it may take me a couple of times to get a, you know, to get it into a, a rhythm. But at the end of the day, I'm going to get it. Uh, for me, it's always been the fact that I always like people to forget that I'm blind and then all of a sudden have to go, oh, by the way, I can't see that. <laughs> but it's a, it's a certain bit of, of independence, correct? Well, that's absolutely correct. And, and I think, you know, if we all think back, I know when I first lost my vision or when I see people that are just very new, a couple months, um, you know, with this new, quote unquote, new normal, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of what you do, right? You kind of just depend on people to help you right? Um, because you don't have that confidence. And so they definitely go hand in hand. Once the confidence goes up, once you know you can do it or you meet other people that are doing things, uh, then then you say, hey, I, I can do that. I want to do that too. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, and not, not only the person, but I think that uh, employers see that as well. Uh, for example, with, with Sarah and I, um, you know, we try to be uh, a positive example, you know, so that our employers know that, hey, yeah, folks with, with vision impairments, disabilities can uh, do a great job. And, yep. um, you know, that's what, what we hope to, to put out as well. And sometimes the, the person with a disability is going to do it, uh, is going to be 10 times more invested in the job than maybe the person without a disability because, you know, they're trying to prove the fact that, hey, I can actually do this and yes. I'm so excited to have the job, right? Yes, I mean, I mean, I can't tell you how 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 many um, hours I work at home, you know, just to make sure that uh, you know I'm, I'm putting in the work and working hard. And, and mm-hmm. not only that, but uh, it, it's surprising how many skills that you can you can learn from from having a disability. You know, mm-hmm. to be creative, to mm-hmm. persevere, mm-hmm. Um, learning how to do things differently. Um, there's so many different skills that you learn from having a disability that can uh, go towards employment. Mm-hmm. Sarah, what was the one skill that just frustrated you when you lost your vision? <laughs> Braille. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to. I don't want to make anybody upset here. But uh, in the six years that I've worked at MAB, I have had one person ask for Braille. And when I went out and started kind of teaching it, uh, I'm not the best teacher at Braille. I'll, I know my limitations. Um, I was going to teach him like the basic alphabet and numbers and then send him on <laughs> if he wanted contracted. But, um, you know, we got there and we did maybe two weeks worth. And, you know, I'm using my iPhone to do things. And he's, you know, he he said, oh, hey, wait, I just I think I'll just get an iPhone, iPhone and learn voiceover instead. Yep. Um, so there's technologies kind of 
taken over uh, in some sense, not not for everybody. Um, I try to be careful what I say because I mm. certainly, you know, it's not a one fits all. But for me, you know, I'm diabetic and so I have some neuropathy in my fingers and uh, Braille just gave me a really hard time in my uh, master's program. I got through it, but yeah, that's the one I kind of just say, ah. Oh. <laughs> Trust me, I am still in my age that I am now. Have never learned Braille, and uh, I just don't have the patience for it. I my, my hats off to anybody who does it, and I know that there are uh, people out there that uh, are just you know Braille pros, and and yeah. it always blows my mind because people ask me all the time, "Do you know Braille?" Heck no. <laughs> I know there's bumps, and I can tell the difference between our Canadian money because we have we have Braille on our Canadian money. I know what the bumps are there, but that's yeah, that's wow. that's yo, you guys don't have that in your wow. US money, do you? Oh no. No, no, no. No, 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 no we don't. Yeah, no, we have cool. we have we have Braille on our on our uh, on our bills. That's cool. Yeah, they're also plastic. So, just you know, little side note there, you can wash the Canadian money. Uh <laughs> It's, it's washable. Uh, before I let you guys go today, what uh, advice would you give to the sighted community? Um, I'll I'll go first, and then Jermaine, you can go. But um, you know, I used to be a part of the sighted community. I I still have friends and and family that that are sighted. Um, I have friends that are unsighted too. So I think if people are out there listening, um, I think we need to work together. I think. Um, you know, if you if you actually take the chance to get to know somebody that's blind or visually impaired, you will realize that is not the defining characteristic of that person by any means. It's certainly a part of that person, um, but there's so much more to learn. Mm -hmm. um, and blind and visually impaired people, like we've talked about, are just as capable, if not even more, of being in the workplace and having families and children and pets and um, you know, we're, we're a little bit of everything, just like you are. Jermaine. Yeah, I guess I would say to the sighted community is that, you know, I'm no different with the exception of a little bit less vision. Uh, but you know, I have the same goals. I want the same things and, um, you know, just looking for, uh, equality and equal access, equal opportunity. Mm -hmm. That's it. Sarah, how do people get hold of the, uh, you through the nonprofit? Um, well, you can look us up online. That would probably be the easiest. It's Metrolina Association for the Blind. We're in Charlotte, North Carolina. You can email me at smillage, that's S-M-I-L-L-E-D-G-E, -L -L -E at M-A-B-N-C dot org. Excellent. Sarah and Jermaine, thanks very much for hanging out with us and uh, talking about what you guys do. And enjoy yourselves in North Carolina and uh, stay safe and good luck for 2021. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, Tim. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Blind Like Me. If you have a comment or suggestion about future casts, drop us an email to blindlikeme at outlook.com. Blind Like Me is a timblackonair.com production.